Today we're going to talk about where a lot of people go wrong when they first step into a new leadership role, why it can be so difficult to change someone's mind once it's been made up, and how to get everybody on your team moving in the same direction. You're listening to Proving Grounds. Let's face it, you can't change anybody's mind. You can, however, supply them with the right perspective to get them to change their own mind. They have to travel down the same path of reasoning that you have in order to reach the same conclusion. Now, the words we use are important here. I didn't say supply them with the right information or knowledge or even evidence. I said perspective. Because in order to make an adjustment to the direction that someone's looking at something, you have to first understand where they are positioned. If you're trying to help someone find the star Polaris through a telescope, you can't just tell them to move their lens four degrees to the right. You have to know where their telescope is pointed before you can tell them what direction to move. This is the core principle behind success in your first few months of stepping into a leadership role at a new organization. It's unbelievable how few people I've personally observed excel at this. And I think that the big reason for that is that when it's done properly, you really don't even notice it. But when someone does it the wrong way, it's undeniable and frustrating for everybody involved. So there's a general consensus that first impressions matter. Now, where that consensus differs is what the first impression ought to be. It's common for a new leader to step in and feel the pressure to prove themselves right out of the gate and prove that putting them at the helm of the ship was the right decision. Usually, that expresses itself by finding as many things to deliver as quickly as possible as proof of your legitimacy. Now, there isn't anything intrinsically wrong with proving yourself or delivering results on a silver platter to show that you're doing your job, but referring back to the last episode, you have to make sure that you don't sacrifice the long-term strategy in exchange for your short-term goals. Or in terms of today's illustration, you have to know perspectives before you can set trajectories properly. You see, when you move into a leadership position, you probably have a good idea right off the bat what the deficiencies are and how things are being done. It's most likely why you were brought into the situation. So those challenges are pretty clear. And you probably have a good idea on how to solve those problems. It seems pretty cut and dry. So where's the disconnect? Why is the change impact usually so high when a new leader rolls in? You've probably seen it before. A new director's hired on, and as soon as the shoot opens, they're doing as much as they can. They're stepping into each meeting with a checklist saying, we're going to change this and this and this, and we're going to start this project and this project and that project. And everyone in the room starts to get defensive. And after the meeting, they all get together in each other's offices to deliberate. And they say things like, is this guy crazy? I don't think he understands what's going on here. I think he's completely detached from reality. For this example, we're going to ignore the fact that coming in guns blazing can increase your risk that you're actually making improper decisions, because that's not the point that we're trying to illustrate here. Let's assume that, as an all-knowing third party looking in, all of the thises and thats that this new director is shooting for are actually the right direction that that organization needs to be moving towards. So why is there usually so much resistance? It's because you haven't gotten anyone to redirect themselves to your perspective yet. If they were, they would have already came to those conclusions themselves, and you would have never been brought on board in the first place. Things are usually done the way that they are for a reason. Now, that doesn't mean that it's the proper way of doing it, 
But it does mean that there's complexities involved that go deeper than what you'd get from a cursory look at it. And that's where you lose people. Because the assumption gets made that if you haven't examined the complexities before prescribing a solution, that your solution is probably flawed as well. And that's a valid way of looking at it. Here's where it's going to set back your entire career leading this group. Most people have the flawed assumption that after a while, the people who disagreed with them will eventually come to see the validity of their correct decisions. That seems logical, but sadly that's just not the case usually. There was a study conducted at Stanford University by Craig Anderson, Mark Lepper, and Lee Ross with the enthralling title of Perseverance of Social Theories, The Role of Explanation in the Persistence of Discredited Information. Riveting. And one of their experiments was just fascinating. They took two groups of people and gave the first group a substantial amount of data saying that successful firefighters are risk takers and gave the second group substantial amount of data saying that successful firefighters are the ones that are not risk takers, the ones that are more cautious about the situation. Then they had them debate the topic with each other for a while. And here's where it got interesting, because you see this all the time in the world of politics. When they were presented with the truth, which was neither of the two groups is right, the experimenter had made up all of the data for support of and against the idea that good firefighters were risk takers, the overwhelming majority of the test subjects didn't change their mind and actually became more entrenched in whatever original premise they were given at the beginning of the study. They even did a follow-up to that study and found out that they were still adamantly holding on to those beliefs as time went on. Here's the lesson for you. The moment that you get someone to start defending their position against you, they're trenching in. And the more you try to change their mind, the deeper that trench gets. That's why it's critical that you get it right the first time. That's the first impression that matters in the long run. You're a leader, remember? Not a dictator. And I don't mean that trivially. I mean that quite literally. If all you're doing is dictating to someone how they should think, instead of leading them through the proper reasoning themselves, you're giving them absolutely no substance, and their time following you is going to be short. It may not even be the conclusions or the prescriptions to the problem that you're running into resistance with. If you haven't done your proper diligence to understand the ecosystem that you're stepping into, people are going to be very skeptical that you've seen all of the nuances that present a risk to the balance of that ecosystem. They're likely to think, hey, you haven't even examined the problem properly. How on earth do you think you have enough information to start presenting solutions? And that way of thinking isn't wrong. There's really two equally possible outcomes. You as the leader could have a depth of experience with that exact situation so you know with precise confidence that the direction that you want to go and shift to is correct, or you could be blind to your own assumptions and end up hopelessly on the wrong path with a team that's holding pitchforks and torches for some reason. How are your followers to know that you are the former and not the latter until you've given them some proof to indicate in either direction? Most reasonable people will put up a bit of resistance with an eye of skepticism until they have enough reason to be confident in following you. So if they think that you're blindly making decisions that affect how things are going to be done in their world without having a complete understanding of it, they're going to disagree with the path that you're taking to reach in the long-term strategy as a whole and just try to change their mind after they're trenched in. Once you hear the grumblings like, who the heck thought it was a good idea to hire this guy? You either have a long road ahead of you to win them back or a short road out the door. Which road you choose just depends on your ego. 
Okay, so that's an unrefined representation of the what and the why. Let's get into the how. How do you make sure that you don't start off on the wrong foot? And how do you fix the problem if you have? So what's your first move? You're a strategic leader coming into a new organization. You have all the answers. You know the long-term goal and how to get there. And you know how things need to change. What do you do now? This is what you do. You take a step back, you listen, and you observe. Being a good leader isn't about knowing what to do. It's about knowing how to do it. In the information age, anyone can pull the compiled knowledge of the world together to reach the same conclusions on what to do. But what separates success from failure after that point is how you decided to go about reaching that goal with your team. The unsuccessful leader plants the flag in the middle of the field and assumes that everybody on his team will be able to see it. A good leader spends time with each team member to determine what direction they're looking and then turns them to face the flag. What this step comes down to is proper diligence. You need to be as thorough as possible with understanding your team and everything that it interacts with in its current state. Now please, before I get any further, you need to understand that this is not asking your team for binders and binders of data and to put together extensive documentation on current state process. That's not the point of this exercise. The purpose of this is for you to understand your team. You need to spend time with them to discover what do you do? How do you do it? Why do you do it that way? How does this interact with other parts of the business? What are the implications of doing it differently? What was your train of thought that brought you to those conclusions? Was it because of complications that aren't obvious? Or was it the most convenient way at the time? You're creating a baseline between what you understand about your team and how much they know that you understand about them. And be honest about that. Don't even come into your first meetings with your team with your solutions. When they ask, what are we going to do, boss? Say, we're going to make me an expert on how you all got to where you are now. We're not going to make any decisions until I'm up to speed with all of you. And mean it. Because this isn't a new concept. Proof of that is how many people pay lip service to it when they first start out. You need to be serious about it and actually embody what it means to do it properly for two absolutely important reasons. The first is to be without question confident that you're not making the wrong decisions about strategic direction, that you're truly examining all the variables to ensure accuracy of your calculations. And second, you need to have a deep understanding of each member of your team's perspective so that you can supply them with the right adjustments to see the goals. So what are these adjustments? To make a change effectively requires that everyone agrees on why that change should be made. And more often than not, you're going to have to persuade some people to agree with you, or change will be, the change will be wildly ineffective after it's implemented. In order to do that, you need to have an in-depth understanding about how that person is thinking about the problem. Knowing that, you're able to start from a point of no presuppositions and point their own deductive reasoning in the right direction. It becomes their idea, and it should be. It has to be. And I don't mean that in the cliche, make them think it's their idea adage. I really mean it. They need to come to the conclusion themselves because if they don't, you really need to look at the validity of your own conclusions. You very well could be missing something because you could be. You also have to understand that just because you're in charge doesn't mean that you know everything or that you're the smartest in the bunch. You're just the best at a specific set of skills, just like everyone else on your team is the best at their own respective set of skills. 
I'm a firm believer that you can learn something from absolutely anyone on this planet. And for some reason, that's a difficult one for all of us to remember. And that's by design as the leader of a team, especially if it's set up properly, where everyone's their own respective experts. You can't be expected to be the best at a technical level for every area of your team. And that concept only gets more exemplified the higher up in the organization you are. Because instead of there being a dozen or so technical competencies, there's hundreds. It's impossible for someone to be an expert at all of them. It's better to be the best at one thing than mediocre at everything. And that one thing for you is being the best at getting your experts all pointed in the same direction. To get them to see the right conclusions and working together to get there. There's only so much that one person can do. And it's amazing what people can accomplish when they work together towards a common goal. So the most important thing that you need to do stepping into a new leadership role is to understand, to give your team confidence in you, and to give you confidence in your team. So what does that look like? Let's do a simple outlined example. When you're hired into any leadership role, you probably have a good idea at this point of what the perceived problems are that need to be solved given to you by whoever decided that they needed to hire you. You also have an idea of when some of the more critical items should be delivered. Now you need to start developing your plan with the new outlook of how do I get everyone on my team pointed at these directions and get them there by this date? That's going to shift your entire mindset from how am I going to deliver X, Y, and Z to how, I'm, how am I going to get my team to this objective? Instead of thinking, What do I need to dictate my team to do to where are each of my team members at and what tools do I need to give them to get where we're all going sooner? And that will guide the rest of the actions that you take. So the first step is to shut up and listen. Figure out where they are and give them the confidence that they need that you understand their position. All right. Lastly, what can you do if you've already screwed this up? Or maybe it's simpler than that. Maybe there's just a few people on your team that you're not seeing eye to eye with. What steps do you need to take to get things moving in the right direction? All right, three easy steps. The word easy was sarcasm, if you didn't catch it. Step one, it's the easiest. Humble yourself. Yeah, I know, every single one of us will probably struggle with humility until the day we die, but it doesn't hurt to remind ourselves to do it every hour or so throughout the day. Step two, spend time in their world. And step three is to ask questions. If you know that you disagree on a conclusion, you can't argue at the position of the conclusion. You need to ask questions that probe the components that exist that led them to the conflicting conclusion. There's always a point where the divergence is created in reasoning. Those are the points that you need to find, and that's where you're going to have your discussions. Explore the idea with them. Don't argue the idea with them. The only good argument is the one that you can avoid. Now, it's probably going to take an incredible amount of time to get somebody back on your side, and they may never actually agree with you. But if you're spending time understanding them and seeking out their expertise to explore ideas with them, they'll eventually respect you enough. And that's okay if you disagree. They know that you're not making the decisions out of ignorance, but difference in opinion. So as our recap, the overarching theme in today's episode is that You're on a team, and your job as the leader of that team is to get everybody moving in the right direction. It's impossible for you to give clear directions to somebody if you don't understand where they are and the landscape of the environment that they're in. 
I mean, what if your GPS gave you directions without having that information? It would be telling you to go north, but there's a river in front of you, and then your GPS would keep pinging you to change direction every five minutes, when it would have been easier for everyone involved if it just told you, there's a bridge, two miles east, take that to cross the river and head north. Otherwise, you're going to say, this GPS has no idea what it's talking about, I'm not listening to its directions anymore. Once everybody's on the same page about where they're at and the environment that they're in, it's much easier for everyone to start seeing what needs to be done to start moving towards your goals. But it all starts with you taking a step back and understanding everyone's position. Thanks for tuning in today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get a notification when the next episode's released. And whatever platform you're listening in on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or Reddit on our website, leave a five-star review to help the podcast be listed in front of more people. Also, iTunes doesn't have a anyone who's willing to listen category. So if you know people you know would benefit from this, hit the share button. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you right here next time on Proving Grounds.